We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Let's talk about something that um, many of us face during this holiday season. Some of you were dumped over the holidays. Some of you got dumped yesterday. Others of you got dumped on Christmas Eve. Some of you got dumped on Thanksgiving. Some of you will be dumped on New Year's. By your partner, by your lover, by your friends with benefits, your love interests, your romantic partner, your affair partner, call it as you will. Now, some of you are asking, why is this the case? Why does this have to happen? What makes this happen? Well, folks, let's face a few things. Usually, people operate on routines, patterns, and cycles. This way, our behavior is usually measured. Now, we have good patterns, good routines, brushing your teeth, uh, exercising at a certain hour, uh, allocating time for you to have some time to yourself. All of these are positive aspects of good time management. But then again, you have some times where maybe you don't spend that time productively. And what happens then, you wind up indulging in one thing, staying in it too long, and then it actually cascades into other problems, other deficiencies and shortcomings. So even if you work out, let's say you work out about three hours a day, and you increase that up to about five hours a day. Well, provided that you've had other things that you could reshuffle in your schedule, if you have not, then you'll find that that's going to be an encumbrance or a problem. But the reason why I say this about patterns is because with these patterns, people normalize certain behaviors. And so when they want to make a change in those patterns, And what I'm calling about a predictive change, that's when they have control over the change that they're about to make. They're making it in their own best interest. And see, there's a distinction. See, there's a shared change, and that shared change is shared, of course, with their partner, where you talk about what you're going to do. Now, the predictive change is usually an individual's change. So they may say, you know what, I'm going to get rid of my boyfriend, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to focus on my career, and I'm going to find me a man that's going to marry me, not one that's just going to sit around and Netflix and chill. Now, this catalyst of change is usually predicated based on something that's a marker, some sort of a demarcation point. It could be the New Year's resolution. It could be starting with Christmas, where they want to preempt the New Year's resolution. It could be Thanksgiving. It could be that person's birthday or their own birthday. It could be the weekend. It could also be 
a situation where they have something to do with that person's uh, some, something significant for that person. Now, I've known women in the past, and this has happened to me once in my lifetime, who broke up with me on my birthday. And she threw a party for me when she broke up with me. And the reason why she broke up with me because she sought out this guy who was wealthier and had more resources than I did. Only for her to find out later that he was bankrupt. But she didn't know it at the time. Lessons are learned in life. But this is the way it goes. Some people break up with people on Valentine's Day. I've seen that done. I've seen people break up with each other on Easter. I've seen it done during the holidays, during Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, especially New Year's. I had a best friend. His fiance broke up with him New Year's night back in 1990, I think it was 93. It was really a sad thing. They had kissed, we had all paid all this money to go out to this nice evening and had a nice dinner, everybody's drinking champagne and whining and dining and laughing. And at the end of the evening, she had her sister to come because she was gonna pick her up and take her home. She gave him a kiss, they shared a glass of champagne and she told him, this is it, it's over, I'm out. And at that point, he thought that she was probably tipsy and was going to ride home with her sister. Their relationship had been pretty normal, but she actually dumped him that night, and he didn't realize it until about two weeks later. Couldn't get in touch with her. She was avoiding him. It was over. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, a lot of times when people do this, it's a passive-aggressive move. They don't want a confrontation. They just want to get it done, especially if they do it during the holidays. Usually if they do it around your birthday, they're kind of acting like they feel sorry for you. But what they're doing in essence is saying goodbye on the very day you were born. So it's a bittersweet day. They want you to enjoy the party and enjoy the happiness and then just suck up the sadness that's associated with it. It's a tough call, folks. Been there, done that plenty of times. There are people out there who have no regard to time, circumstances, consideration. So breaking up with you on your birthday is the equivalent of them breaking up with you any other day of the week. That's not special to them. You're not special to them. You're irrelevant to them as they see it. And you have some people that think that way, who genuinely believe that, hey, you know what? You get what you get and whatever you get, you got, right? Another thing you have to come to grips with, folks, is that when these people break up with you, they have thought about it long before they're presenting it to you. So when they tell you things such as, you know, yeah, you know, this is something that uh, it just came up, that's a lie. If it's structured around a holiday or your birthday, it didn't just come up. This has been something in the works. And what they still don't know how to do yet is to come up with the awkward moment on telling you why and how and the circumstances in which you guys are breaking up. They're not going to get into those details. 
because what that means is they'll have to do too much explaining. They're going to trip themselves up. And then they'll probably feel sorry that they even mention it, and they'll take that breakup. They'll take it back. I've seen it done. I've seen women try to break up with guys, and the guy literally cries his way back into her heart or guilts his way back into her heart. And a lot of women have a hard time with this. That's the reason why you see a lot of women do the cowardly thing. Break up with them through their girlfriend. Call the girlfriend up, tell the girlfriend to drop the bad news on him. Or a family member. I knew one lady who used to get her father to call guys to let him know that the relationship was over with. And this was a grown 24-year-old woman. She didn't want to face the music. You have some people that are like that. I have seen men have their mother work as the emissary to end the relationship with the woman. I've seen this happen twice. And the first time I saw it happen was kind of weird because the young lady said she was pregnant by him. And so his cop-out was to go home to mama, suck his thumb, twist his hair, and say, Mama, that woman's saying that, I'm, that I got her pregnant. This is a grown-ass 35-year-old man. The woman at the time, I think, was 20. He went back to his mother, and his mother called her and then wanted to speak to her mother. And they went back and forth, cussing each other out. Well, they had DNA tests. It was sure as shit his baby. And oh, he cried like a baby when he had to pay child support. But the interesting thing was this. He started out wanting to pay child support over trying to see if they could work the relationship out. Because he liked the way things were. He was at home with mommy, had the fancy car, the nice clothes, and paid little or no rent. Again, a coddled man. And being that he was light-skinned with the gray eyes and the wavy hair, all the women were after him. And he loved it. And he was at home with Mama. He knew good and well. If he decided to leave home, he was going to leave home for a woman that had something a lot more than he had. Sad to say. But see, another reason why people do this during the holidays is they're being malicious, they're being mean. And they're like, I just want to turn the knife at this person. And don't let it be a situation where your holiday and your birthday coincide. Yes, they get a sadistic pleasure out of that. Oh, I've hurt this person. Double worse than... <laughs> Made up a word, folks. Double worse than anything before. And that makes them feel better about themselves, about what they've done. They look at it as an accomplishment, as an achievement of some sort. We'll talk more in a moment. So I'm washing my ass and I'm washing it very fast, and I just got my nails done, and they were so pointy. 
Do you know that I stabbed my asshole? Hi everyone, Jocelyn here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I don't know how I should be writing this. I really feel some kind of way about writing a dude about my own problems. I don't have a father in the house. I just turned 19. Never had a dad. There was this dude that my mom used to always bring around the house. I didn't like him much and he didn't like me. He used to call me a nuisance. He used to always tell her, give him $10 and tell him to get lost. My friend's parents got sick of seeing me because every time I was over their house to eat dinner and they'd wonder when I was going to go home. I was ashamed to tell them that I couldn't because my mom was too busy screwing this guy and if I went home, I'd get a whooping. Sometimes I'd be gone a couple of days at a time. She didn't care. As long as she was with her boo. Now I'm having a serious problem. I'm 19. This girl said that I got her pregnant. I don't even know if I want to fuck with this or not. She'll be 18 next month. I know I got some problems ahead of me. Her parents talking about how they're going to take me into jail and sue me and all of these other things. They might do that. I don't know. I know me and the girl, we're pretty cool and we're kicking it. They kicked her out of the house. They don't want to have anything to do with it. I've been so paranoid about this. I moved in with me. I'm working three jobs. None of them pay $10 an hour. I got one that pays $8.50 an hour, another one that pays $9.03 an hour, and another one that pays just at about $9.45 an hour. Times are tough. We already got a GoFundMe up. So far, we raised about $12,000. It's all been to the good. People are very generous and very kind. We appreciate that. I know this is not the ideal way that a person should start a relationship. This is why I miss my father so much. If he was only in my life just for a day where I could ask him all the questions I'd love to ask him, I would appreciate it. I grew up with a mother who favored my sisters. They got priority over everything. She shopped at Macy's for them. It was Walmart for me. I was lucky. Usually it was the Salvation Army or Goodwill. I understand that my mother really hated my father. And I saw that hate transcend into me. She's called me some wicked names throughout my development. She called me ignorant one day. I made it a point to get all A's in school. 
just to prove her wrong. I didn't get a congratulations. I got, you just got lucky. She never once came to the PTA meetings or any of my classes to see how I was doing in school. She never supported me. I could play a little basketball and the coach actually gave me money for the uniform and sneakers so that I could play on the team. She never came to any of my games. Never supported me in that endeavor. She had my little sister when I was about 13 just to please this man that came in the house with his light skin. And she would make the comparison between him and my father. A man I never met and never knew. The only thing I knew about him was that it was negative. That's all she talked about. I'm pouring out my feelings in a reserved way because I really don't know how to express myself. I've never been around a man that was a man that knew things. I've always been around a feminine man, guys who tried to be hard, but they were just like I was. Bastard kids of single parents. One thing I told my girl, no matter what, I'm not gonna have a bastard kid. That kid will have a father and I'm gonna be his father. And I promised her that she would never have to drop one dollar of any kind of social security or EBT or any kind of money. I'm gonna be the breadwinner. I'm taking care of her and the children. My mother lived off the system. My child will never, my woman will never. I've already taken out life insurance on myself, on her, and on the baby when the baby arrives. I'm just wondering, am I stepping in the right direction? Even though I'm male, even though I'm very masculine, I'm a child in a man's body right now because I'm scared. Because I had no one to guide me and show me the right thing to do in life. I want to thank you for providing this platform for guys like me, bastard kids of single moms that don't know any better. Okay. You've been through a lot, dude. And uh, here's the thing. Most of my friends, a good percentage of them, at one point didn't have the dad at home. I was one of the fortunate ones, but there were others that had their fathers at home and moms at home. But a lot of the kids that didn't have their fathers in the home because they lost their dads in Vietnam. I didn't see too many fathers be irresponsible growing up. They ran away from their responsibility in their family. They fought like hell. I remember plenty of them 
doing just what you did, just what you're doing now. They wouldn't accept one dollar of any kind of support. My grandfather never accepted any of that. Grandparents never accepted any of that. Not out of pride, but the way they looked at it was somebody else needed it worse than they did. So if they were able to go and work and provide, it made no sense to be on it. And besides, you're doing the right thing. You're setting the right example for your child. When your child comes out the womb and, and see you're doing what you're doing, the child's going to respect you because their father has integrity. They're going to look at the fact that <laughs> that's something a leader does, not a follower. So they're going to admire you for that. So you have no apologies to make, sir. You're doing the right thing. You're headed in the right direction. You know, I had a friend of mine that was the offspring of an affair that the mother had. And she was still married to the husband. They stayed married. And he was treated differently by the father. The mother had to do the overcompensation. The father disowned him and preferred the other kids, treated the other kids better. The other kids were older. He made sure that those kids went to schools like Morris Brown, Jackson State. But when it came down to my friend, he told him he didn't deserve to go to college because he's not his kid even though he clothed this kid and fed this kid for years. Never would accept him. And his mother didn't want to live, give up the lifestyle that she had lived. She didn't want to face poverty. So she did whatever it took to keep that man she was married. Even if it meant her own dignity and her having to take care of that child. What was interesting, he was never asked for the guy to pay child support to or anything of that sort. And what you will find is that a lot of men, and ladies, I'm going to tell you something, just as an FYI for some of you single moms that are wondering why you're having a hard time finding a guy. If you have a man on child support, nine times out of ten, a good man's not going to talk to you or date you. I'm just telling you the way it is. There are so many men that will pass you up. They will never tell you this. They'll screw you if they can but they'll never tell you that. But they'll never, ever want a relationship with you because of that. Even though the man has the responsibility of taking care of that child. But the way these guys look at it is, well, hell, if I get with her, there's a good possibility she's going to want me to just assume that role. Another thing, ladies, that's a strike point against you if you're a single mom. 
If you ask a man to adopt your children, forget it. Forget it. He's tuned your ass out. Who you will find doing that will be a young, naive guy that doesn't know any better, who just became an adult like 18 or 19. Rarely will you find an older guy doing this, especially in his 20s or 30s, to be like, hell no. Because, see, what you have to remember, fellas, is if you become the custodial father through adoption, what that means at that point is that if she divorces you or leaves you, you got to pay child support along with the biological father. This is why most men don't do this. There was a case where a lady had been married four times. Now, she did not marry the biological father, but afterwards, she had married three, well, she had married four other men, divorced, married and divorced them. And each time, she had moved to have these guys be the adopted parents. Well, only one problem with that idea. As she was going through the system, she was going a little bit faster than they could catch up with her. Oh, but when they caught up with her ass, yeah, yeah, they're like, whoa, lady, uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. Somebody has to sign off on these kids before custody would be transferred. See, what she thought she could do was have all of these men have custody of these children. And she would then have money coming in from all resources. They're not going to let you fly with that. And she found out the hard way. Now, the interesting thing was this. Through it all, the biological father wound up getting custody of the children. All of those other men she had married along the way who divorced, they all waived their parental rights. But she really thought she had something going on. And some of these guys had paid out of pocket under the table to keep her from taking them to court for child support. And many of them didn't understand that, well, wait a minute, how can you go and remarket and rebrand these children every time you get married. And she was only married to these men for like two years, three years. But you have to watch this. And then you have those women who take the kids and they'll drop them off at the grandparents' house in North Carolina. They may be from Mississippi originally. And then she may move to Memphis or somewhere and make it very difficult for the father to see his children. And therefore, he doesn't know where she is. He winds up getting a subpoena to show up to court. He goes to court. He's already in arrears. And basically, the cards are stacked against him. Now, there's some women 
who will have the baby out of spite, find out the guy's not going to really be with her, and therefore she's going to punish him with that child. That child is now nothing more than just a whip that she's going to beat him over the head with. Some will do this. Be careful. Especially you guys. You have that woman that's very temperamental. She's a hothead, go off on anything. You may not want to have a kid with her. There's the reason why I say all pussy is not good pussy. It's just pussy. There's more to the woman than her vagina. Fellas, you got to understand that. Because when you get that call or that text message that she's pregnant, huh? a lot of women will try to test your metal on that just to see how you'll react. Word to the wise. A woman who has sex with you very early in the relationship and then comes back and sends you a text about, oh, I think I'm pregnant or I'm pregnant. What she's looking for is to see your reaction. Now, if she doesn't see the reaction she's expecting to see in you, then what she may do is just play it off. But now she sees that rise out of you then she may push it. But see, usually women who do this deliberately, they like drama. The pregnancy scare is like a roller coaster ride for the guy, right? That's a shock point. Because she's trying to prove her love to him. Fellas, I'm telling you, she pulls that kind of shit on you, don't deal with her. Do not deal with her. Because so many of you get tripped up in the fatherhood doing that, playing these games with them. They'll say they're pregnant. You want to go to the doctor with them. They don't want you to go to the doctor. They have an excuse for that. Then they don't contact you for a while. Then they'll spread a rumor through their girlfriends or through a family member that they had a miscarriage, an unseen miscarriage, right? It's all based on their experience and their word, right? A lot of women will do this to get attention, especially the young ones. So be mindful of this. If you ever find a woman's been bullshitting about telling you she's pregnant when she's not, never trust her again for anything, not even as a friend. Don't even screw her. Because I'm telling you, ladies, the majority of men do not want to be fathers. I know some of you are thinking, but I want him and I want a family. He wants you, but he wants you in the physical sense, the biblical sense. He does not want you as far as to be someone that he has to see 24-7. I'm just telling you the way it is. A lot of guys won't tell you this. 
And the reason being, if you come in and you're trying to force his hand into a family, he feels as though he has no control, and therefore he feels threatened, therefore he panics, he spazzes out. This is the reason why you see a lot of these guys, when the woman tells him she's pregnant, this ain't mine. First thing he goes into is denial. Next thing he goes into is isolation, right? And a lot of times these guys don't realize they're being set up by these women. Where they are deliberately setting them up to be fathers. Fellas, I can't tell you how much of an impact that's going to have on your lives. It's going to affect your income. It's going to affect your retirement. It's going to affect a lot of things. It's just something to think about. One moment, folks. back into the mailbag and see what we have here. My name is Ryan. Johnson, I have to take issue with a couple of things based on what my mother pointed out. I'm 18 years old and I'm moving out for the first time in my own one-bedroom apartment in two weeks. My girlfriend's 19 and she's moving in with me. We made a conscious decision to do so. Mom is supporting us and is very glad that I'm getting out of the house. She finally has a new boyfriend, so things may change for her. I'll give you a little backstory about myself. I don't know who my father is, never met the man, never went, met anyone in his family, so I have no clue. I've had to piece together my manhood, taken from a pastor here, a teacher there, coach here, in order to kind of make myself some kind of compilation of a man, if there's such a word as that. Didn't do too well in school, but I did enough in order to know enough to get into a two-year college. That's where I'm headed next. But here's my problem. I heard you say on one of your podcasts that marriage was not a benefit to men, but benefited mainly women and children. I asked my mom about this and let her listen to that segment, and she was furious with you. She said, no way. Men benefit far more than women do when it comes down to marriage. I'm on the fence with this. I grew up around a whole bunch of women. My sisters, my mom, my aunties, and they all have this mindset. It's a pro-feminist mindset for sure. Even the lady that I'm getting ready to move in with, it's the same kind of mindset. In any case, I'm thinking that we could probably make it. We've only known each other for about three and a half months, but I think that's long enough for us to get together and actually start looking forward to a great and prosperous relationship. I would appreciate your input because I haven't had too many masculine voices in my life. Usually women have already spoken for me. And I just have the fear of becoming a henpecked man like my uncle is. Ryan, San Leandro, California. 
Ryan, let me tell you something. The reason why your mom said that is because she benefited from that arrangement. Here's the deal. When I was working at companies like Xerox years ago, what I saw was a lot of men that had been there 20, 30 years, and they had that thousand-yard stare. They were only there because a kid was in college, because a mortgage had to be paid off. They weren't there because they wanted to be there for the most part. They signed up for something and regretted like hell after they got involved years later that they signed up for it. To hear some of those men in the break room talk about if they had to do it over again, they wouldn't have done what they've done. And they would tell me personally about how the wife and kids and the animals benefited over them. Because basically what you do is you invite this lady into your life and she pretty much assumes the control of it for the most part. She controls the house. At some point she's going to control the finances and this is the way it usually works under a traditional system. Well, that used to work back in the day. The problem is now, Susie Homemaker can't sit at home while the guy's working. Now she can as far as long as she has a job where she could work from home, yes, she could do that without a problem. And she could also make inroads. But what these women are doing now is they're realizing, hey, why should I depend on a man or wait for a man to give me something? Let me go out there and earn it myself. And then after they do that, then they start looking for a man for love. They're not looking for him for financial need. And this is the reason why a lot of these women do this, whether they're hot or not so attractive. They do this in order to have better choices in men. And this is what a lot of people don't get. So, what happens then, they go out there, get their education, they get the career going. They're not looking for a scrub, they're not looking for a thug, they're not looking for those kind of guys at all. They're bypassing those. And they're willing to go for a white man or another man of a different race in order to fulfill that commitment requirement. So they're not limiting themselves to just things such as race, geography, those kind of things. Because they're looking for the absolute best that they could get. Now, here's the other aspect of this. These very same women understand that they would have shared responsibility, shared liability, shared accountability. This is the modern woman where she goes out, gets her career, and she's fulfilled so that she's not resentful later on in life when she's in her 50s and 60s talking about she wished she could have been a nurse or a doctor or something else, where she could do that, pursue that goal in real time so that as she ages and matures, she's also had that sense of fulfillment gratified so she doesn't have that to worry about. So it's not a situation where she is feeling as though she missed out on something, like a lot of these other women do. Now, the other thing is, women fail to realize guys miss out on things too. If you chain to a desk for 20 or 30 years paying a mortgage and paying for college tuition and everything else, for the most part, what's going to happen to you? And I saw this happen personally, where a guy had a heart attack on the job. He was under all that stress. Me and a couple of colleagues that were in our 20s at that time said, that's not going to be me. 
that's not going to be me. It wasn't worth it. Because, see, what we did, we dissected all of the things that they told us about in society as traditional and whether or not they were something that was a must-have or a need. I started looking at the narcissism of my father, who wanted a son. Now, would I want to be narcissistic and have a son just for the sake of having another, having a son, knowing that that child could grow up and more than likely have glaucoma? That would be unfair to that kid, knowing that I don't have the time for a kid, knowing that I wouldn't want to bring a kid in the world with the possibility of them having this dreaded disease. So the answer would be no. Who told you you had to go and get the American dream, the white picket fence and all that? The mortgage companies told you that. They told your ancestors that, your parents that long time ago. The white picket fence. Hell, you can have a white picket fence, but if it's in the ghetto, it's still in the ghetto. And the trailer park is still in the trailer park. Now that you mention it, when I was in Mississippi, there was a trailer park that used to have the white picket fence around it. So what you have to remember, folks, is you're being marketed to. And some things are non-essential. But what you do is you think that it's a must-have because society's been conditioned that way and conditioned you that way. I have a friend friend of mine now, he's 63 years old, trying to buy his first house. He's talking about financing it for 30 years. 93 years old by the time he'll have that thing paid off if he lives that long. Doesn't have a family. But this is one thing that he always wanted. Why? Because he was conditioned to believe that. As if that's an achievement. As if, and some people use it as a bankroll so that they later on get older, they have that little investment put away. But we have to face some facts here. In the interim, as a man, what you're doing, you're taking on this woman saying the following. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. Everything falls on my shoulders. Now, the woman may say, well, you know, I'll help you with this and I'll help you with that and we can work together. And that's if you get someone that's very considerate. If you wind up with someone that's going to sit on their asses and say, well, I'm the woman, you take care of me, it's your responsibility, you the man. The only thing she's going to do is cook, clean, and fuck. CCNF, that's all she's going to do. Because there's some women that feel as though that's all they're entitled to do. That's all they have to do. Now, the thing you have to keep in mind, wherever you meet a woman, when I say this, I'm talking about when it comes to lifestyle. Once you get to a state of normalcy in your relationship, that's the lifestyle she's going to expect in that relationship. Now, some women can adjust downward or upward, but there are other women... Uh, if you run into some financial turbulence, 
she'll work a second or third job just so that you guys can keep that same standard of living. And then you have others that will say, huh, that's on your shoulders. And if you can't provide it, they'll let you know in no uncertain terms. Well, you know, I could always go to my mom's and when you get your shit together, give me a call back. And they would be just as serious. Meanwhile, they're going to start looking for another guy that can maintain that lifestyle and give them one better. And they'll go for it. And they have no problem with this. And this is one of the problems that men have all the time when it comes down to deciphering what a woman is looking for. Trying to determine whether or not it's the lifestyle that she's looking for or is it him. Does she love what he does for her but not love him? Or is it a situation where he, she just loves him and doesn't care? You'd prefer the latter. Because at least with that, she's not attached to things. This is the reason why you guys that start spending money too early in the relationship and doing too many things like you're doing with this lady, only knowing her 90 days and moving her in. Dude, that's the dumbest move you could ever make. Because here's the thing for you. What if in those 90 days she gets pregnant? I mean, you just, she just says, once, you, once she moves in, you know what? I'm pregnant. Or even get pregnant after she gets there. You're already behind the eight ball. Now, at 18 years of age, I don't think you're going to have too much education under your belt. Now, something I noticed you mentioned in the email. You said first that you had a place or you were getting a place, but it seems like you're moving in with her, which is even worse because she's going to have more control over you. And being that you're younger, I think you said she was 19 and you're 18, she's going to take your ass to school. You're going to be a father when she's damn ready for you to be a father. I'm telling you that now. You have no say in it. only thing you're going to do is just hurt. She's going to tell you one day, I'm pregnant. From that moment forward, at that point, you belong to her and ain't a damn thing you can do about it, whether you want to be a father or not. This is how most men wind up being dads when they're not ready. They get led into a situation and you don't know what her motives are. You've only known her for 90 days, so you don't really know what the hell's going on with her. She could have separation issues. She could have daddy issues. She could have issues where she wants to have a child that's going to love her unconditionally because she may not have gotten that at home. So when your mom talks about women, men benefiting more than women, that's a big lie. Let me give you some other examples. During divorce, how are the assets going to be split? Best interest of the child, who's going to get custody of the child? The woman will. More than likely, she would really have to screw up in order to lose custody. The guy's going to have to pay child support. And depending on how the woman is, she might even get alimony. I remember one woman, she was married to a millionaire. The guy sent her to law school. She went to law school, got her degree, graduated, but one thing she didn't do was practice law. The other thing she did not do was sit for the bar. And what she 
did was sat at home as a housewife. And when they divorced, she collected a pretty good chunk of alimony for 24 months, plus child support. And she was able to find another man. She kept the house. And she and that man were able to afford it. These things happen. And so what we have to come to grips with is you have to make some wiser decisions before you bring somebody in your life like that. Because, see, most of these kids that people are having now are coming from hookups. You look at the STD rate. Very high, about 26%. Demographics from, I believe it was from 17 to 20, 25 or so. Because a lot of these young people, especially in urban areas, they're sleeping with multiple people. They're not using condoms. That's what's happening. And so with this, what you're facing, you're facing a situation where these people are dealing with issues that they think that a marriage or a relationship can solve. And some people use relationships as therapy. Ryan, I'm telling you, before you get with this woman, you really need to think. You need to go over those four questions I always tell you about to vet her to see whether or not she is the one. See, what's happened, she probably already gave you some nookie and that's what changed your mind. I'm going to tell you something, fella. As a young man, you probably don't know this because you didn't have your father around. When a woman realizes that she can get a man to change his mind based on her giving him some pussy, she will lead with that. She will use that to her advantage. She's not going to let up. Because she knows he's a weak man. Only thing I got to do is hit him that way. I got him. So what I'd like for you to do, sir, if you can, um, give your mom the invitation that I sent you. I would love to have her on the show to talk about this particular topic. Because as far as a man goes, to be quite honest, folks, many men are used to rejection, so we're not these emotional creatures. We have feelings, yes, true enough. But see, we're not allowed to emote in public because we are teased for doing that. We're called soft, weak, gay, you name it, for doing that. And so the culmination of our anger, if we are angry, may result in one of us being on the news one night. Because that's the way many men cope with their feelings. They let these things build up and they never let them out. See, with a woman that he feels comfortable with, that he feels as though has integrity and that he can trust, he can be vulnerable in front of her and not realize that by him being vulnerable, there's a good possibility in some cases he's saving somebody's life. And we have to think about this. We really have to look at this. 
you know, it cracks me up how these people say, oh yeah, he was a good neighbor. Yeah, never hurt a soul. He was always smiling at me and I'd wave back to him. But what these reporters don't know is that person didn't know that individual. He knew the optics of that individual, but he didn't know that person. That's the way it goes. Also, you have to consider this as well. As men, our needs are when we need companions like a buddy or something like that, we'll go to a bar. We need a woman, we'll either find a loose woman, a fat chick, or a prostitute. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying to you. This is where a lot of guys operate. They know they probably can't get that beautiful woman that they would love to get. The one that turns them down. The one that disses them. So they'll go to the next best thing that they can get. That's the reason why at about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning at the bar, the fat girl has the pick of the litter. She knows good and well. She can pick any one of those guys. She has her choice. She's on the pedestal at that point. Because, see, the way the guy looks at it, for the most part, he goes out, gets his sexual needs met. He's cool to go. He's going to work again. Going back to work. But, see, the thing is, ladies, is this. We've been dissed so much by you that we've grown accustomed to being dissed. It's nothing new to us. It doesn't shock us. See, for some of you, it's like, oh my God, he turned me down. I can't believe this. To us, it's, damn, she said yes. That's the way it works. So after a while, we become very hardened. And so when you turn us down, we're not going to sit around there and try to, you know, buzz around like a bumblebee trying to get into your life. We move on. Only the losers are going to hang around you and try to become your friend or try to kiss up to you. Because, see, a man with the intention of being with you intimately, that intention does not go away. And just by you calling him a friend, you're thinking that you're softening his penis, and you're not. Because if he sees you naked, he's going to try to sleep with you. If he thinks there's an opportunity where he can sleep with you, he's going to try. That's the way it is. And some of you try to be slick. You put the guy in the friend zone so that you can observe him before you start dating him. But there's a problem with that for many of you because he moves on and finds another woman. And you get pissed off because he's kind of done that and he didn't give you any consideration because you're still trying to figure him out or feel him out. Now, another thing too. They get involved. They marry women with children that they're not ready to take care of. They fall in love. And most...
to look at with this approach as well. And that is this. Now, I'm not clear about whether or not you're moving in with this lady or whether she's moving in with you, but from what you stated in the beginning, you said she was moving in with you, and then somewhere along the line, you said that uh, you were moving in with her. But it's not here nor there. What I will tell you is this. In any case, make sure you have enough resources. So if you guys don't get along, you can go and you can start building things for yourself. You can start getting your own place, getting your own money, doing all of that yourself. So I hope that helps you, sir. Best of luck to you. I would love to talk to your mom about this because I can tell you firsthand, women and children and animals benefit far more than these men do when it comes down to marriage. The risk is very high. That's the reason why men are so hard on women when they cheat on them because the man has got a lot to lose with her. Take care, sir. More in a moment, folks. Now let's talk about holiday makeups. What are holiday makeups? This is that time when the two of you have chosen to give it one more try. You might have broken up back in August. Things didn't work out so well. Now, it's getting close to the holidays. You want to give it another try. Now, it could be the person's birthday as a catalyst, or it could be the new year. Now, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Has whatever broke you up in the first place been addressed or been resolved? Or is it still a work in progress? Are both of you guys still trying to avoid that elephant in the room? Now, a lot of people would try to definitely avoid the elephant in the room. And sometimes they can work for you or against you. It's always best to really look at your options when you're dealing with a breakup, a situation where the two of you are thinking about reconciling. Have you grown since that breakup? Have the two of you reached a civil accord where you could actually sit down and talk about those issues, those differences? Or is it going to be the same old same old where you're walking on eggshells and you're still pointing the finger at each other. Now you have to ask yourself, how much of this is associated with loneliness? See, also folks, there's this thing called the lazy lover. What is a lazy lover? You've heard of Easy Lover with uh, Phil Collins and uh, uh, the gentleman from Earth, Wind & Fire, Philip Bailey. But, Lazy Lover is a person who's not going to go out and look for someone else. They're content with who they have, not necessarily because they love them. It's because they're convenient. It's because they're familiar with that person. Those are the main reasons. 
love is not even in the picture in these situations for the most part. It's all about convenience. What the person sees as far as a benefit to them. And sometimes we don't think about that. And we should. Because it's vital. Instead, we focus on the things that really don't matter as much. Because we feel as though we'll just get back with that person. And if we have to argue with them or if we got to go through that same battlefield, they look at it as being easier than dealing with someone new. Now, this means that this person could very well not be the right person for you. But you don't give a damn. You're going to try to make it work. Because you want it to work. Now, of course, one of the most common reasons why people get back together, sex, intimacy. They like the fact that they don't have to put this person through the hoops and ask them about STDs and everything because they already slept with this person, they already know them, already familiar with them. With the other person, they'd have to go through all that. Also, if it's an older person, especially older female, she may not, she may have trained that young man how to make her orgasm. She may train him in foreplay. And of course, she doesn't want to lose all that training on this noteworthy individual instead of going out there and finding a new guy and retraining him. Of course not. What it comes down to at this point, and I said noteworthy with sarcasm, what it comes down to, folks, is that these individuals don't want to have to do much in order to still retain a sense of happiness. So, they'll sleep with that person, they'll be with that person. I remember in particular, there was one lady I dated, and I thought this was pretty interesting. She told me that she liked me because of two reasons. My personality, and she said, the fit that we have when we have sex. How I fit inside of her. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, teach us all. And then she goes on to tell me, this is the reason why I broke up with my exes. That was also the reason why she divorced her ex-husband. He was too big. Other guys were too small. I had the right fit. Now, here's the thing. After telling me that, I started to look at her a little bit objectively. And what I started to see was a lot of mediocrity on her part as far as the relationship. At the time, we were getting ready to break up when she told me this. 
and she wanted to go on and pursue another career and change of lifestyle, all this other bull. Okay, fine. She got upset that I didn't fall apart or try to win her back or beg her to stay. No. Too many more women out there to worry about this one. And so, she went on and moved to Phoenix. Stayed in Phoenix for a short period of time, moved to Portland. Stayed in Portland for a short period of time, moved back to Los Angeles. About three years later, asking me what was I doing. At the time, I was dating someone else. And she was like, well, maybe you can make a little time for me. I said, okay, we could have lunch. And we did. And the very first thing she proposed, the very first thing was sex. She went on to tell me about her excursions in Phoenix and Portland before she came back. And she was going for these guys because they had money. But the operative word, they had money. She didn't. And I don't think she got the message until it was too late that they weren't sharing. <laughs> and so if she comes back, I wasn't interested. A horse had left the barn. And she really got furious with me. How dare you? Just like she was entitled. Because this is the way she was accustomed to dealing with people. I'll leave you for my own benefit. When I come back, I expect you to roll out the red carpet. Again, for my own benefit. Didn't happen with her. I told the lady about her that I was dating at the time. And it was so funny. She looked at me and she said, you're really an honest man. Because no other man would have told me what you've told me. And I'm glad you did. I always wanted to be honest and upfront with my partner. Because if you can't, What's the use of being with them? What is the use of being with someone you can't be yourself around? You have to fake it till you make it. You have to lie, you have to shut and jive, you have to tap dance. You have to do the boot scoot or whatever the hell. It's not required. The one thing that I want you to take away from this is nothing else, is this. holiday, a birthday, an event. No text found at that location. It's not going to make up. It's not Accessibility. It's not going to compensate for what's wrong with the relationship. It's not going to compensate for what's wrong with the relationship. The relationship is just going to be languishing. Morning, Mom.
Am I really the oppressor? I was reading the comments section of a Harry Potter lore YouTube channel. Big mistake. I saw many comments from cis women that accused trans women of trying to oppress them. This made my heart sink. As a black person from Alabama, I've lived all my life having to deal with hostility due to race. I've had white cis women try to get me arrested for just being outdoors. I never felt like I've oppressed anyone in my life. I never asked to be born male. I never asked to be born anything. I'm just so tired of feeling like every facet of who I am is being weaponized against me. When can I just be me sans any controversy? This is the perpetual delusion. Now, here's the thing. This person and this movement, in many ways, they try to identify with other people. They call other people cis. Biological women, cis. These women are not calling them cis back because these women have the equipment they were born with. The other person is trying to identify. So they're trying to more or less curry favor with those individuals. Now, let's face some facts here. We're in the era of delusion. Think I'm lying. Think about it for a moment. Someone says that they have vegan steak, vegan fish. They have to put the adjective on the front to kind of uh, <laughs> let you know that it's whatever it is. We're so big in pronouns now as well. Look, folks. A delusion is from the perspective of the person who's delusional. Not from the rest of society. The rest of society is going to treat you according to what you are. Not what you believe you are, not what you think you are, not what you would like to be. Plain and simple. Not what you thought you were born as. Just like we have men who are walking around talking about they were born in a woman's body, there are also people walking around who swear up and down they were billionaires when they were born, and they were born dirt poor. It all depends on the disposition of the person. We don't really look at it that way because a lot of people are questioning their sexuality, sexual orientation, gender. They want to be different. They want to be unique. These are the same byproducts of children that were born by parents who felt so entitled with their kids that they never let these kids fall on their faces and get up and work for something. These have been the individuals that told them that they could be better and lied to them and told them they were better than they are. So they go into this quote-unquote perfect world expecting entitlements expecting to be treated a certain way because of who they say they are or who they would believe they are. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but society will never see you that way as you see yourself. That's what any of us. That fat woman that's walking around right now, she's not delusional. She knows there'll be some men attracted to her 
There'll be some men that'll be into a fetish with her. There'll be some men that she'll meet that will genuinely love her. And she knows that there are also men out there who will despise her. But one thing she can accept, and that's the fact that she's not universally accepted. Now, what this means is that you have to look at your own personal self-esteem and see how lost you are. I'll give you an example. If you notice this person started making themselves out of a victim by saying, I didn't ask to be any of these things, black, male, etc., etc., etc. And then they come down with the feeling of, why is it such a problem for me to be me? Society doesn't have a problem with you being you. You have the problem with you being you. That is the problem because you're trying to influence others. And this is where you run into conflict. Just like religion or anything else. You try shoving it down someone's throat, they regurgitate it. The problem is this. A lot of these folks are confused. You look at the gender orientations we have now. Hundreds of them. You look at the sexual orientations we have now. Hundreds of them. Because people don't like who they are. They don't want to be easily and readily identified as something. These are the very people that tell you they don't want labels on things, but yet they create more labels. And now what they've done, they tried to take their sensitivities and bring it to a point where everything is disrespectful. You misgendered me. No, I didn't. You're a man, that guy called you Bob. You call yourself Susan. Well, if you're Bob, show me some ID that you're Susan. That's what you'd like to be called, right? Well, if that's the case, I want to be called King, Emperor, and Billionaire. I won't accept any other title or any other calling but that. What I'm saying, folks, is it's going to get to a point where it's going to be pointless because people are going to want to be identified according to what they believe. They're going to conflate what they believe with what they would actually like. And it's going to go counter to what they are. It's going to lead to nothing but confusion. We're already there. You look at the way this country's set up now. You have young ladies that are in the Gen Z movement that are now saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to have any children because I don't want my children growing up fucked up like those people. Because they're already confused. What has happened now? Dysfunction has reached a new plateau in our society in general whether it's gender dysmorphia, body dysmorphia, you name it. We're now trying to normalize it in society instead of trying to treat it. Because it's a disposition of a person not liking who they are or what they are. Because they didn't have any input. And what they're doing is they're taking characteristics of someone who was developed later on, like a child. 
where you could say, you know what, I don't quite like what I came out to be. I don't quite like what I am. It's kind of like an after-the-fact thing. Well, technically, if you had that much control over who you were going to be, you know, when you were racing to get to that egg, is that sperm? Well, if you had that much control, you could have just stopped racing for that egg and let somebody else win that wanted to be of that gender. But we won't put it down on that level. Of course not. So we stick with what we have. See, here's the thing. Society doesn't have a problem with you wanting to be a woman, dressing like a woman, carrying yourself like a woman. But here is the the watermark. If you're passed that way, you're treated that way. If you don't, you're going to be treated like a man. Because anyone could imitate you. That's the problem. And this is the yardstick that people go by. You see it every day. There was a trans woman that I worked with for years, and I did not know she was trans. Until one day she told us. Physically, could not tell. Verbally, could not tell. Mannerisms, could not tell. And this individual was married. Still married to her then wife. The same person he married years prior. Had no idea. See, the problem for many people that are dealing with this situation, there are some people who genuinely feel this way. And then there are others that are just tagging along because it's something that gives them an identity. We see it all the time. We see it in racial groups where somebody doesn't fit in and there's their own group. They come on and try to fit in at others. And of course, it's not natural, but still, they get accepted. It's just like the black community. It's a receptacle. We accept anything. You don't even have to be black. You can say you like black music. We will let you in without no problem at all. That's the way it works. White society doesn't do that. They have filters. So this is what you get. But through it all, folks, those of you that are confused with your sexuality, you're still trying to figure out whether you're man, woman, whatever. The good thing about it is you're in a country where you can think, be, believe, do whatever you want. But just like religion, nobody wants it imposed on them. But think of it this way as well. Is this something that you're doing because it's popular? 
or is it something you're doing because it's intrinsic, it's organic within you? I ask this question because after looking at the numbers statistically of people who classify themselves as people who have changed over to transgender from male to female, there's about 1.4 million in the United States. I'm sure that number is probably a little bit larger by now. And this stat was taken in 2018. So, what does this mean? It means that those that made the choice, that have made the lifestyle change, they're not sitting out in the streets advocating for bathroom access and that kind of thing. These people are going out and having the business done for them, for their world. So those are the people that are more representative of individuals that will listen to them when they go and write legislature, legislature and things like that. Not these individuals that are walking out trying to become part of something. So in essence, what do you have? You have the shame of being confused. And there's no shame in being human. But everyone should not feel the way you feel. You don't see heterosexual men saying, hey, you know what? You should feel bad like I do and go on a job and just shoot up the place. Doesn't happen that way. So what we have to look at is you have to make a self-assessment and look at yourself. Why do you feel like you do about yourself? That's the first question you need to ask. I asked anybody that question. Didn't matter about your gender. I had to answer that question for myself as a human being. Were there things that people told me about myself that I didn't like because I believed them or is it something that I've told myself? See, there's a difference. If it came from you, and you cannot figure out a reason why it came from you, that's where a problem is, a major problem. See, usually it's from somebody else that told you, whether it's your parents, friends, family, doesn't matter. That's what you have to look at. Because see, once you can define yourself, the rest of life is pretty easy. Because then, you know what your values are, you know what your morals are, because you set them. Anything in violation of it, you don't mess around with it. It took me years to learn that, because what I started doing was giving everybody else a second chance. Uh, trying out something where I wasn't discriminating, I was trying to be fair. In other words, what I was trying to do was to be like this legislative body that everybody had to have a voice. All these women had to have a voice. Different strokes in life. Some of them were single moms. Others were professional women. Others were down and trodden women. And I had to realize that, hey, you know what? If I don't have any standards, then what's going to happen is I'm going to wind up 
getting poor choices when it came down to women. So I had to realize that I had to raise my standards and leave them at that level. Got a better quality of woman. And not only that, the other thing too was I felt better about myself. So that's one place that I would recommend people start. Your own personal standards, that gives you a guidance as to what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. And what that does is give you a level of respect for yourself. Because without that, you're going to follow the next trend and you're going to wander around lost. And you don't have to. Life is too short for this. Take care, folks. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, let's fire up that helicopter. It's been a while. I think a few people need it. Listen to the new releases of Jawson's music on YouTube. Just do a search for J-A-U-S-A-N separate word T-O-P-I-C, Jawson Topic and subscribe. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.